Welcome to another installment of The Way of Violent Realization. I'm Ben. Uh, Glenn couldn't be here today, so I'll be hosting. Uh, we got Kenny doing all the technical duties, and we got uh, Sifu Hill. Hello. So, today we're talking about how to, uh, when you get inspired, when you learn something new, how to hold on to that inspiration and those, those things that in the moment seem very, very powerful and change you. Yeah, you know, I end all my classes with something that uh, probably confuses a lot, of, or doesn't confuse people. It's just like a like a sifu thing to do. They say so, whatever it is, it is. But um, I always end my classes uh, if I'm ending them, and you're not ending them, um, or, or Kenny's not ending them. I'll I'll say uh, grow, learn, teach, and they're kind of things that. Uh, I try to pass off to the students there by just saying it haphazardly at the end of the class to give everybody a moment to think, grow, learn, and teach. So when you think about growing, it's about gaining information, then learning that information, which means applying that information, and then you just become a natural teacher. It just happens naturally. It doesn't mean that you choose to be a teacher, which I could go into the stories of how that happened to me someday down the line. <laughs> but um, because that's a story in itself, how I began teaching, but grow, learn, teach. And to me, you know, creation is uh, just a giant teacher, you know, for us to learn from. Then I have these other sayings that I use to remember all the things that, like, we're talking about or discussing on the podcast. And, I, and I'll try to shorten this up as much as I can, you know. And uh, the words that I always use is um, as simplicity movement, uh, be, do, and the last one is love. And, uh, but you need a foundation of what that means. So to explain it in two ways, before we talk about foundation on it, which gets a little bit harder uh, to really bring all of those words to keep into action. But what happens is, is that life is full of a lot of noise, so you can be inspired from listening to one of the podcasts. You could be inspired or feeling very positive and like you're going to go out and you're going to be able to confront adversity. You're going to take the sword out and you're going to go through adversity. And, um, and then a couple of days go by or, you know, or even a few hours go by and you're, if you lost it or you can't hold it or a week goes by, you, you don't hold what it is that you've learned because life is just full of noise and it piles things on you and you just forget who you are. So it's very important to remember who you are. And those words that I do in the beginning, uh, not the grow, learn, teach, that is just something that I feel that all, all humans should do naturally. It's something we should be aware of and to really bring on to people. But when you're talking about movement, when you're talking about simplicity, what that actually is, when you're talking about being, to be, to, to, to recognize who you are in the midst of everything that's going on, to do means to take action. And love, well, the reason behind everything. So that's the most complicated word to actually talk about. But there are power in words. So life is kind of like grappling. In the sense that when a student or a person gets in a chokehold, or if you're being choked out, or if you're in a, uh, 
you know, you're, you're, you're in a neck lock or you're an arm lock or whatever it is, everybody concentrates on what's being grabbed. And they fail to see what other tools they have available to them. So they just concentrate on the strangle. So they right away their hands go on where they're being strangled. They concentrate on the arm bar. Right away their arms or everything's locked up on, on that. They don't see their other options. And there are a lot of other options, a lot of other movement, how you turn your body, how you've got to, you know, move your shoulder, uh, what you have free. So in life, <clears throat> we become claustrophobic. We get strangled, all of these happen, and how can this be happening? You know, like I've just learned all this stuff and I, and I, and I'm, I have all these anxieties, I can't use it, I'm being choked. And it's because you can't see what's free. And you need to know what you have free. And these are words that help me. And people need to find their words. So in the beginning, I'm sure Ben's going to chime in on later on on this about creating words that work for you. Um, so this is a model. But in order for this model to work, we need to talk about something first. We need to talk about faith. Right? We need to talk about trust. And we need to talk about love. But not too much talk about it. See, the problem with any type of design that we do, if you are working as a vessel, I look at the human body as a, um, as like a universe, or a cylinder. First is a cylinder, which kind of represents you. Nothing can affect that cylinder. It's what you put into the cylinder that makes you what you are. If you look at the miracle of just being here, of who we are, then you are a universe that's waiting to be discovered. Each, each individual, each human is a universe of discovery. And we're moving through this discovery through just our existence of being here. So it's kind of like we're um, like a starship. And you're the captain of that ship. You're the captain of that cylinder. And where you decide to go and the decisions you make as the captain of that vessel uh, affects your life, affects your family's life, affects people that are around you. But it mostly affects you because you're the captain of your ship. So if you treat your body and as a ship, as a vessel, as a universe, as a cylinder, then you make it stronger. You allow it to travel. You allow it to get up and do things. But you have to recognize that you are captain of your ship. You know, you command that ship. And that ship travels your universe, you. And that universe travels in multidimensional universes with the existence of where we are, with who we connect with. To me, everything is connected. We're all connected. In order to do that, in order to have these words have power, you have to understand what faith is, you have to understand what trust is, and you have to understand what love is. And how you understand them is not understanding them at all. So, what that means is, if you belong to something or have something, if you trust it, then you created that trust. You've already lost it. It's like sitting next to somebody in a bar and saying, man, if that guy ever grabbed me, I'd be in a lot of trouble. You've already lost. 
right? Oh, if I wonder if I hit that guy, will my Kung Fu actually work? You've already lost. So what that means is it's like, oh, you're waiting to get a certain point in your life where you have trust. Like, I trust that this is going to happen because this is what I feel should happen. Um, you get into um, faith. I have faith in my belief if this happens and this show me I'm on the right path. But now you've designed it. You've given it a form. You've given it power. So when somebody says to you, if you have faith and you come to us, all your wants will be given to you. You know, basically that's the major thing of beliefs, right? And we don't want to get into beliefs because that's a whole nother ball of wax that I could talk about belief and what belief really is, right? But we follow it because we need to have trust that this is what's going to happen. We design our own trust and what makes trust work for us. We design our own faith. I'm talking in um, more um, a spiritual form. Uh, you may have trust in a human being or another person, and then that trust is betrayed. And the whole idea is trust is, is earned, not given. You know, but when it comes to you as an individual, trusting in a belief, trusting in a way, trusting and having faith in yourself, you know, it can't be designed. It has to become empty. Once you design it, then you're looking for something. You're not truly trusting. You don't truly have faith. And you have no idea of love because you're creating what you think it should be. You're creating it. And this is, would be a topic that we can have in our next conversation. We could talk about, you know, trust, faith, and love in a relationship or with another person and what we think love is. But in order to have words, to have power, to have true faith, to have true trust, to have true love is to be void of it, is to be empty. It has to take you where it's taking you. You can't design it and say, oh, this didn't happen, therefore I don't believe in this anymore. Or this didn't happen, or I don't believe in that anymore. Or I don't have faith in myself because this doesn't happen. You know, or I'm just going to blindly jump into this water because I have faith in what I believe in, and you die. You know, so there was your test, you know. People test different things, and we can get into brainwashing techniques and why people do what they do and why we have uh, the things that are going on with the type of war that we're fighting now, you know. Um, but in order for these words that I'm saying at the beginning to have meaning, you can't design what you think your trust is because that's following your design. You can't design what you think faith is because you are designing what you feel your faith should be, right? You can't design your God. You know, it has to come from who and what you are, what, what you're, the path that you're forging, that you're walking through. Faith has to begin by not you saying, well, if this doesn't happen or if this doesn't happen, obviously I'm going the wrong way. That's designing your faith. That's designing your trust, You've already given it a mark. You've already said, man, I'm in big trouble if this guy grabs me. You know, you've already lost. You know, like, okay, I have faith in this organization. I have faith in this. And all of a sudden, 
you start discovering, well, this guy's, you know, uh, not so cool. He's, he's manipulating other people. He's doing this. And you followed it blindly, thinking you were going to get something from it. See, that's the point. We always measure faith. We always measure trust in the material form. We see it materially. We don't see it as, as energy. So we measure, oh, this will, you could trust the guidance. You're the captain of your ship. And if you say, okay, to your crew, which you're, you're your crew, and you say, we're going to go this way, and your crew says to you, well, wait a minute, you really don't know where you're going, do you? No, but it just sounds good that we go this way because we all want to hear that or think that I know where I'm going, <laughs> you know, because that's what a captain does. But in your ship, you know, you have to decide which way you're going to go based on empty faith, based on empty trust, not material. And because you don't, like, something fails in your life, you can't say, oh, I have faith in this, or I, and you get discouraged, or God didn't give me what I wanted, so this isn't here. Or if God exists, why is there so much pain and suffering in the world? Blah, 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 blah. You're, you're designing it. And therefore, the words that you will use will never truly have meaning. You will never really be the captain of your own vessel. You will never search your own universe. You will always look for somebody or something to connect to to do it with. You will never share in a community of people that are, are like-minded that are working like in the same room. But when you leave, you leave with your universe. You connect with everything. You know... I believe no matter how far it could be a billion light years away, we're still interconnected with it. It's all interconnected. We're all part of the matrix. But when you design it, you've already lost what faith is. When people ask me, my students will say to me, oh, this, that, and the other thing. I say, you need to have faith in yourself. You know, from there, it could seep into other things. But it has to become empty, not designed. And the problem with what we do is we design it. And if it doesn't happen, we don't have faith in it anymore. If we don't see it, it, we don't have faith in it anymore. You know, the invisible is truly the material of the mind. That's the true furniture, not what we see. What we see is what we see. But the invisible lasts forever. That is empty faith. That is... Why those words that I am saying at the beginning work for me as a model? You know, trust becomes empty, not designed by you. And I trust you guys. And, you know, like, and I trust strangers as well in the moment of what we're doing. And what, depending on what's happening or what is going on in that circumstance. Sometimes you have to trust the stranger. You're like, a person's drowning and uh, I've been in these situations, and, and from experience, I learned how to do something different. And this person's drowning, and there's an undertow in a whirlpool, which I was caught in once, and you're being sucked under. And what I should have done was grabbed a group of people that were sitting there watching it like we're all a bunch of dodos, instead of jumping in there and almost, and, you know, drowning, almost drowning myself, and form a line, and a tow line, so everybody's holding on to everybody, and pull the person out. That would have been the proper action to take and you have the faith in all the people that are there and the trust in the people that are there that we're going to get together and human 
Well, some people may be scared, can't do it, but you take the people that can and you mm-hmm. form a, a chain and you pull the person out. That's what I should have done, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, I said, oh, I'm going to jump in and save this guy, which, oh, geez. So there are certain circumstances where you give trust to people. Look, look, look at your driving. Mm. All right. Everybody is listening to this driving, but if anybody lives in New Jersey that's listening to this, you know that things are really, really crazy here. Probably the worst crazy drivers on the planet. And not that they're crazy drivers, it's just we're so compact. You know, the way our roads intersect, so many people going somewhere in New Jersey, it's crazy. New York. Well, it's congested, but at least you know where you're going. You know, we're gonna, you know, one ways here. Here, it's everywhere, and you get some guy that's thinking about something. He's wherever he's at, and he's driving too fast in the slow lane. You got three other people. They're not, and you're just getting aggravated. So we get all road rage. I think Jersey's the biggest for road rage on the planet. You know, my point is, is that every time you get into your car, guys, you have to trust everybody else that's on the road that they won't have a head-on collision with you. Now you get out there and you use your skills and driving abilities and you become aware. And you're even more aware if you're driving a little sports car. Even more aware if you're on a motorcycle. Hopefully you're more aware. You know, of, and you're designing your movements a little bit better and you're being aware of what's around you. But you're trusting, one, that that car that's coming at you in those lanes, that doesn't get a flat tire, comes over and smashes into you. You're trusting that the person doesn't text and walk over, to, drive into your lane. It's, you're trusting that that person, these strangers, you know, that shouldn't be driving in the first place, will, won't drive over and have a hand collision or smash it to your side or whatever it is. Or the person that's 90 years old that shouldn't be on the road anymore. Or the person that's 17, their brain hasn't developed yet and they're still thinking about other things and their hormones are, and are smashing. There's so many people that shouldn't be on the road, right? We all agree with that. So many terrible drivers, so many people. And sometimes we're bad. Sometimes our mind may be somewhere else. We're thinking about something else. Something's happening. And we, like, oh, my God, I didn't pay attention to that. That's not like me. But if I, something bad could have happened here. Right. We all have to have trust in these strangers. We do it instinctively. We just do it to get on the road. To get your license and get on the road, and there's 100 million people on the road that you're passing, you have to trust those other people, even if they're boneheads, that they're not going to run that red light, that they're not going to run the stop sign, or if they do, they have the common sense to see that that truck behind you, that 18-wheeler, sees that the light has changed in front of you, and you look behind, you go, he ain't going to stop. I got to keep going. I got to go through this red light. I better check to see if there's other cars coming, or... Hope to God he stops because you're going to get wiped out. Everybody has to work together. You trust other people's lives. You trust your life to other people every time you get on the road, every time you ride a bicycle, every time you walk from here to 7-Eleven. You just don't see it. You know, like you're on a plane. You're trusting the pilot. You're trusting the people next to you that maybe take action if there's some kind of terrorist act on the plane center around. you, You trust But internal trust, where words have power, is not being by design. Like, oh, God didn't give me what I want, so I don't believe anymore. You know, or, oh, I have faith in this, so I don't believe anymore. It's about 
faith in yourself. It's about trusting yourself. Not because of your material needs, but because of who you are in your own faith, in your own trust, in your own love. You know, it's not a, it's empty of what you want it to be. Because if you want it to be something, you've already lost what it is. You've already lost the power that it's supposed to represent. And you've given it a placement. Therefore, how could you trust or have any type of movement soulfully, individually, if you've already designed it? Oh, if I'm not a millionaire by the time I'm 28, then, then I, uh, I don't believe this anymore. Or I don't believe that. It's not about that. Oh, oh! If the if there is a God, then how come you know my child died or was run over by a car? Or how come my mother or my father passed away? Or how come you know this person is torturing? It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with trust. Nothing to do with faith. And nothing to do with love, because you're designing it. What does that have to do with creation or your path? So before words can have power, before they can have meaning, right, you have to understand that, or you can come into the understanding that you cannot design what you believe your faith or your love or your trust should be. I, I trust you guys that if I'm somewhere that you're going to have my back. And that's a different type of trust than internal or mind movement or growth soulful, mindful, mindful growth. If you design your trust, if you design your love, if you design your faith, then you are giving it a placement. And therefore, you don't have faith or trust or love at all. And you know, it's such a simple thing, but nobody teaches it. And any organization or religion wants you to have trust and faith in what that religion or organization is. You come to us and you have faith in us, well, we'll do this. And some religions and organizations do do that. You know, they'll, they'll work as a group. They'll help you as a group. They have their kitty. They have their finances. They help you find work. All of these different things. That has nothing to do with faith. That's an organization. And a lot of organizations and, and whatnot, you could belong to these organizations and all, but still be an individual. Hmm. So if you belong to whatever organization you belong to, that forms a community where you have that. But that has nothing to do with faith or trust or love because you designed it. And once you design it, you've given it a face. You've given it an image. And therefore, you're always hunting and searching for that image. And if, it, if you fail on it, then you just, like, all the wind's taken out of your sails. So before you can really have power in words, because there is power in words and how you use them and how you develop them, whether it's in whatever you do in your life, promotion, talking to your family, whatever it may be, television, all that stuff. There is power in words and how you design it. And people have faith in you. If they have uh, love for you, if they have trust in you, that's great. But a lot of these organizations and people and politicians, they twist everything and then they're just lying. And what you need to recognize is the power that you have in yourself. True faith is having faith emptied 
And that is in movement. That's in motion. True love and true trust is empty. That is in movement and in motion. Now, everything that I deal with in my model, besides to grow, learn, teach, which to me is why we're here. And the teaching is something that you can either decide to do or something that just happens naturally because of who and what you are or where you are. Because, you know, if you're running your family or you're ahead of your family or you're in your family, you just teach things that you learn naturally. And it can come into material, soulful, spiritual. It comes into all venues, you know. But when I think about how to hold what it is that we learned, it at first has to become empty. And what that means is when we talk about the way and violent realization is that that's where you pull out the sword and you cut through adversity. It's movement is the first key to me that must exist in all things that I do. Not movement because I'm going this way and this doesn't happen. It doesn't mean I stop moving or that I blame other people. I may get upset with people like, why don't they have follow through? Why don't they do it? Or this, that, and that. But I also understand why they don't. I do understand why they're not capable of doing it because they really don't have faith emptied. They don't really have trust emptied. If they don't see results right away, they lose it. And they have no consistency. They can't stay with something. You know, they just, they're not consistent. And one of the most important things about martial arts is to be consistent. You know, like I'll tell people that, hey, you want, oh, I want to be a mixed martial arts fighter. I want to be, okay, I'll tell you what you do. What you want to do first, you want to practice this one thing. And give them one thing to practice. Nobody ever does it because they don't have heart in it. You know, Mike Tyson, he had heart. Muhammad Ali, they had heart. But I'll tell you what, okay, you want to learn to be a mixed martial artist. I'll tell you what, here's what you do first before I train you. You do this one thing. Let's see if you can do that. And the other thing I want you to do is join a boxing gym. Go down to a boxing gym and where everything smells like corn chips. And go in there where you're sweating and it's a crappy thing and where everybody has nasty attitudes. Then get in the ring and let the guy you know, you're trying to box and you think you're so good tag you in the face a couple of times. Because, you know, boxers are great. And they block a lot with their head. And you're in there and you're doing and you get in front of a guy that really knows how to punch and box. And you take a couple of those hits in the face and let me know if you still have heart and want to do what you're doing. Are you willing to put in the time and energy to be consistent, to practice every day so that guy doesn't hit you as much in the face? You know? Then come back to me and we'll talk about training you for mixed martial arts. Get a taste of reality. Get hit by somebody who knows how to hit. So consistency. So I do understand why people don't have consistency and follow through because they don't have faith. They design their faith. They see, oh, this isn't working the way I want it to work. Or I don't feel good today. Oh, I, I, I'm not in the right mood to do something. Well, then, then it's not going to work for you. And now I understand why people give up. So I never really get disappointed with people because I just know what they're about. But I never get disappointed with myself. Because just because they don't follow through or they don't have what it takes or this, that, and the other thing, I'm still doing what I'm doing because I'm devoid of what I think should be. I just do it. 
So no matter what happens, what things are projects and stuff fail, I do never I never fail myself. I'm always in the first word, movement. I'm always moving and exploring. I'm always captain of my ship. I'm always taking my vessel and moving through my universe of discovery and interconnecting with everything else in the process. The first line of practicing, of consistency, of being a good captain of this vessel is movement. Motion, the ability to take action in movement. Not because I had faith in it or because it's not matching my expectations and I give up. I never give up. Everyone around me may give up, but I never give up. I always represent who and what I am. And that's why I could do what I do. The other is simplicity. Simplicity is not very easy. It is not easy to be simple because people give it a design. Like uh, one time when I was very, when I was first starting out, um, I really didn't want to teach anybody. And I lived in this apartment. I had no electricity. I had candles, no TV, no phone. Oh my God, could you imagine today with no phone, right? No phone, no computer, you know, nothing. And I was trained to live out in the wilderness. This was a very young me. <laughs> I was going back like, like, well, a long time ago. But you were married at the time, right? I was married. A very young married person as well. Yeah. Why my wife stayed with me as long as she did, I don't know. And my wife and I, to this day, were not together. And we moved in different directions because I recognized, for lack of a better word, what love was emptied. And that she needed a better life. And as far as she wanted a child, she wanted a different type of thing. But she, we are, for lack of a better word, still soulmates. But I let her move on her lifestyle because we were soulmates. And to this day, we still have that connection. Hmm. And we still stay. And I take care of the family. I, I do things with the family. And it doesn't mean that, oh, I want to have sex with her. It means that we're soulmates. And we still have that. For lack of a better word, I use the word soulmates. You know, because we have that essence. We have that connection. But because I didn't measure love, I was able to see what she needed or what we needed at the time. Later on, not through the turmoil that happened, but through that turmoil, I made sure that I still stayed true to who and what she was. And because all of that garbage and noise to come through to where we are now, she just appreciates it and recognizes it for a while. And she also recognized, man, you are everything you say you are. Because everything's been thrown at you, but you never stopped moving. And you always stuck to that idea of true faith, what love is or isn't. <laughs> so when you talk about simplicity and I get back into that, that's how I was living. So I thought I'm going to build a cabin in the woods and just train in the martial arts because no one's as crazy and extreme as I was. And that's the truth. Right. <clears throat> and when I went out into the wilderness, there's crazier people out there and living and surviving every day is not so simple. Finding your food, doing this, 
you don't cut the wood, you freeze to death. You know, like there's all these different things, like you're saying, like, wow, this is simplicity. And then when I got home and I turned running water on, now that's simplicity. Like the pipes, I turned it on, there's running water, and I put my hands under the water. It was so simple that we don't even think about it. Like I turned on the faucet, I put my hands, and I had soap. That's the cool thing. And I washed my hands, and I felt the water come on my hands, and then I went, oh, wow. I was amazed, you know? And then I turned my head, and I looked, and I saw a shower. <laughs> and I went to the shower, and I went, oh, my God! <laughs> Jesus! And I'd taken a shower, and I went, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> and I kind of woke up from where I was as a young man. You know, like simplicity is not so simple, but simplicity in who and what you are as a warrior is what became. A warrior needs food, needs clothing, right? It needs your health. You know, you try to take care of your, your health and being. Shelter. And that's it. And the rest is what you do in the captain mission. Preparing your vessel for whatever is going to front you. What armor do you need? If you go to a desert, you don't wear a suit of armor. You know, you wear the proper clothing. If you go into the, into the North or South Pole, you wear proper clothing. So you do have to know your environment. That's what I learned about, you know, simplicity as far as what you're dealing with. But simplicity is just reaching over. Do you guys ever listen to like pouring a pot of a tea into a cup? And listen to the sound. And it's like all of a sudden that brings you into the moment of this is really what I need. Well, the most precious thing that you have, the most valuable thing that we have as a human being is water. And you pick up a bottle of water or a glass of water and you drink it without thought. Go for two days without water. And then somebody comes up to you on your third day without water and says, here's $100 million or here's this pitcher of water. Suddenly, unless you die, you want to die with $100 million, when you're starving to death, you're hallucinating, you're dehydrated, you're going to want the water over the $100 million. There it is. The most valuable thing we have in its simplest form and what you need to move. Simplicity always brings you back to self. Brings you back to the armament of what you are. Then you attach things because it's our wants that get in the way. It's our wants that judge what our faith is. It's the, the wants and the discouragement of what doesn't happen because we want it. We have faith in it and it gets discouraged and we don't follow through. It's our wants for what love is and we attach sex to love. We attach everything. We, we attach everything to it. We don't recognize what it is. Because we give it form. Right? It's our wants for our trust. And it's all our wants that we attach to it. But in the simplicity, it always comes back to your vessel. And what that vessel represents and where it's going. Movement and simplicity. To be, to do. To be means to recognize that you are here. Like pouring the water. Or pouring a cup of tea into a cup, feeling the breeze when you step outside. You know, recognizing that 
It is a gift. So when you talk about being, recognizing uh, to be, that uh, you really are a miracle, that it comes to you, like people will, will lose that and they'll, they'll kill themselves over credit card debt. They'll um, they just forget the, sim- the simplicity of movement, motion, and being. Now, it all starts with you. And just because you don't get what you want, and if you design what you want, like, oh, I want faith. I'm not saying that you don't design your life or how you would want it to be or how you, you don't start moving in that direction. And that's where doing comes in. You know, like, you don't get discouraged and stop because, uh, because that has nothing to do with faith or, or trust or love or any of those things. You, you, you stop doing. You don't, you just, you don't do. So if you really want to accomplish something or anything, you have to do. You have to get up and do. And it's like walking into a room that's just full of clutter, messed up. You know, and you, I don't know, we've all done this on the job anywhere. And you move in, you walk in, you go, I don't know where to start. Well, you just start. And then you let it take you where it's going to take you. You start by doing, taking action, and never stop taking that action. That's the miracle of being. First, the vessel, being, and captain of your ship. It all interconnects movement, motion. That's the way. You're always moving along the way. But when you don't get what you want, you freaking cry babies. Cry babies. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have what I want. Oh, this my day isn't going the way I wanted to. Toughen up. You know, recognize what it is to do. You get hit in the face. You. It's how you get up that matters. You just got sucker punched. You're down on the ground. It's how you get up from that that's going to make the difference. Not crying because things didn't go your way or because you lost your faith or, oh, I don't, my love, I don't understand it and all this other stuff. That's all the noise. You know, we don't realize what spoiled brats we all are, what little babies we are, and how things come in and knock us off track so easily. You know, we're just, and how our emotional content constantly gets in the way. We don't have, we're being strangled all the time. We don't see what's free. So you could have all this great information that we're talking about, and all these wonderful words that may inspire you or may piss you off. But one way I'm getting a reaction from you, right? <laughs> but we don't hold on to them. We can't hold on to what it means to get up and practice, what it means to not have something go your way. And let's face it, in life... Things go more not our way than they do our way. There are more bad things that happen in our life than there are good things. You don't wake up suddenly one day and you hit the lottery, you know, and then sometimes once you hit the lottery, there's a lot of bad things that follow that. Who knows? Who knows where you are and what type of individual you are to deal with what environment you have to deal with. But you need to also have the do, you know, where you can actually do and 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 and. Take action. So when you talk about, when you talk about um, survival, when you talk about movement, emotion has to always be a part of the process of you commanding your vessel. When you talk about, when you talk about uh, um, simplicity, 
It's recognizing the simplicity of self, the simplicity of being, to be, you know, not the simplicity of, of, of uh, there's nothing simple about living. You can't say, oh, now I'm just going to practice a simple life. There's just, it's about recognizing the simple things that are in your life, the idea that you're able to get up and move from one place to the other that you're able to walk, that you're able to pour a cup of tea, that you're able to go out with a friend. The simple things that are important, that you're able to sit down and eat your egg sandwich. You know, that you're recognizing where you are, you know? And all the things that go around, like we're sitting here now, you're hearing a dog bark, you're hearing a, you're hearing a Kenny's phone ring, you're hearing all these things, all this noise comes in. And then we try to give this illusion of what's perfect. We try to, you know, put everything as being perfect. We don't see all the surrounding things that are happening. You know, the simplicity is in recognizing just reaching for a glass of water. All right, we're back because the dog decided to stop barking. <laughs> we needed to cool down the room a little bit with the air conditioner. I'll give you guys an idea of the atmosphere when we're in my my new room that I'm going to be moving into soon. We could sit around uh, this little attic and we uh, have a mic sitting here on this little coffee table in the center and we just uh, do these uh, podcasts from here. I kind of like that. Hopefully, no matter how successful this may be as the future goes and things may work into a bigger budget, uh, I still think I like to keep it into the simplicity of what we're doing here, you know, recognizing where we are. So this is a model that I've, I've built up for myself. And everybody can build up these different models. The, first, the last one will end with, with love. And love is a whole subject unto itself, and I, I really don't want to talk about it too much at this time. But the motivation uh, for uh, what you do is to have uh, love for something. And... Um, that is more personal at this point as far as talking about, well, what love is. And we would have to get into that, I guess, maybe within the next uh, podcast. We'll talk more about that, uh, that model. But obviously, everybody has their own kind of love. So you may love your mother. You may love your husband. You may love your wife. You may love your cat, your dog, your car. And uh, that is a driving force uh, as to why we do things. You may love your religion. You may love whatever it may be. And love can also be destructive and also can lead into jealousies or um, cause uh, an act of war or violence against another person or people or not allow you to see the wrong that you're doing to one person because you love another person or one group uh, and how you're hurting one group by loving another. So it's very complicated and that takes a little to get into. But when I talk about love and it's empty, it's more soulful. Uh, for that lack of a better word, I don't say that I love this or I love that. It's empty. It's involved with, you know, empty faith. It's involved with or evolves from empty faith. It evolves from empty trust. It evolves from empty love. It's not designed by me or what I think it is or what my emotional content says it is or measured by anything material. So I use that as a platform. The model that I built 
for myself so that I'm not crying like a, like a baby, like a spoiled child. So I take action and so that my disappointments become my teachers. Now, most of my disappointments are really with other things or other people or people that get involved because they don't have the abilities to do what it is that I have to do. But I understand why they don't. So I don't allow that to stop me either because it always comes down to who I am as an individual. you know. And because of my life and where I am as a person, I have, you know, uh, being dyslexic and um, dealing with ADD and all these other things that I have to deal with. You know, there's a lot of times I can't just do things by myself. I have to enlist help. And I understand why things can't follow through or people can't follow through. But I never had to enlist help with myself. I've always been a survivor. I've always been able to survive and I've always appreciated where and who I was as a person. And not always. That's why I needed to form a model. You know, something to base from. And I know that I must always have movement. I must always appreciate movement and motion of the way. That I'm always along the way and learning. I must appreciate the simplicity of just the warrior, the survivor, the idea of food, shelter, clothing, my health, the simplicity of just having a glass of water. That's what it all comes down to as far as being able to participate and to have action, to keep my ship, my vessel running as long as it can until my body can no longer contain the energies and it has to go. Whether it's through getting shot in the head, through old age, a disease, or whatever it may be, when my body can no longer contain this precious cargo. I need to take care of my ship, my vessel. I need to be the captain and be able to travel with it. Sail the seas of experience. My vessel has to be strong. And I have to recognize that I am the captain of my ship. And this is a universe. And the cargo I carry is very precious. It's me. So the simplicity of that keeps me moving and having motion. And it also allows me to take action, to, to, to recognize that I am here, that to be, wow, to, you know, to, to, to actually feel something, to touch something, to be in the process of it. And all of these, as you could start to see, they all interconnect. One has to work with the other. And then to do. You know... You know, like walking into that empty room and, and being able, or that full room, and to be able to fill it with something or to start to clean it out, to take, to do, to actually do it, to say that I'm going to do something and do it. You know, the problems that I don't know where I get it from, but people say they're going to do things a lot of times and they don't show up. They don't do it. There's no follow through. I have never done that. If I say I'm going to be somewhere, if I do say I'm going to be there, I will be there. You know, I may say, well, call me. We'll see. We're going to do this, that, and the other thing. We'll play it by ear. Jen's wife gets mad at me when I say that all the time. You know, we'll play it by ear because I don't really know. But if I say to you, I will be there, I'll be there. Unless something, I'm going to be there to teach you. I'm going to be there to do this. I'll be there. If I say I'm going to do it, I do it. People don't do that anymore. You know, so love, well, that's 
that's kind of like the the glue on the, the the motivation that I see in a in a different level, and we could talk about that uh, at another time. But these are the things. This is the model that I work from. That brings me back into everything that I am. That represents me, and that's the important part to everybody that's listening, to everybody that wants to to discover, that everybody that wants to do. You need to represent who and what you are. You need to be what you are. But we cry like babies. We get, we get saddened. We get disappointed. We, we have no follow-through. Everybody wants to be successful, but nobody wants to do what it takes to be successful. You know, or if things don't go, some people just are lucky. You know, and then, oh, well, if I had their power, if I had their money, I'd do this. No, you wouldn't. You think that you would do this or do that. You're not in that position. You're not even you're not even prepared for that. You know, you gotta first be present in who and what you are. And if there's something you want to achieve in your life, it has to be something that expresses you. So basically, you create your mythology. You create and you're evolving into a constant new. You're moving along the way. And this is where you practice movement, motion, you know, to, to, to understand the simplicity of just being and living. Well, they all interconnect. That always brings me back to me. It gives me my own center, you know, to not get discouraged because I may be disappointed in something or not this or that or this person doing that. Because I recognize that people just don't have what it takes. But I have what it takes with me. And people that know me know that. You know, as far as what I do, what I say, I practice what I preach. Literally, I do practice what I preach. You know, my philosophy, or whatever you may call it, or my way, is always moving. It's always in motion. I do it. Just like in the last podcast when I talked about, when I was experimenting, I thought, this is going years ago, when Know Your Dragon. It almost destroyed me until I started having better understanding. But it never stopped me from moving. It never stopped my motion. And though my life, at one point, I lost everything, I still kept me. That was the amazing thing. People would say, how did you ever get through that? How could you do that? I, just, I didn't, it wasn't a second thought. I just had me and all these things come into place. So, however, and I know Ben and Kenny may want to chime in something on here, but however you design your words, they must have power. I've just given you a model that I work from. You could choose any model you work from, but you need to go back to it. When you feel yourself being strangled and you're in a headlock, and you're being choked. Depending on what the individual is, their abilities or their strength, you may have to immediately go to where you're being choked for a moment to release it for a moment to take other action. But you just can't focus. You need on where you're being choked. You need to recognize what you have free and not get depressed and realize that hey man, I need to pull out my sword and cut through this adversity. 
I need to take action. I need to do this. And okay, this didn't go the way that I wanted, but what does that have to do with who I am? It's my wants or my disappointments or how I designed it, my faith. You, you already lost your faith because you're disappointed. You've already become the crybaby. You've already lost your heart. That's why I say, you want to learn how to fight? Go down and get punched a couple of times in the face. Hey, man, life is full of being punched and knockdowns in all forms of sucker punches. How do you defend against the sucker punch? You move towards the direction it came from. That's how you defend against a sucker punch. If you're not knocked out and you're surprised, move towards it. Recognize where it's coming from because that's the only way you're going to defend against it. And if you're knocked out by it and the person that knocks you out or something that knocks you out, it's how you get up from it that makes all the difference in the world. Do you stop because you've been sucker punched? Do you cry about it? Or do you take action? Do you learn from it? Do you recognize something from it? You know, and this is when you can make better decisions as the captain of your ship. And stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop designing. Stop feeling depressed. That's your emotional content. That's your biological, chemical stuff getting in the way. Take action. Let your mind really be the power, the captain of your ship. You may stop for a moment. You may camp out from your climb. And you may have to sit there and hone your sword a little bit and sharpen it. But it should not stop your emotion and movement. You should not let those things get in the way. Nothing should get in the way of what you're trying to accomplish as an individual. And if things get in your way and there's blockades and stuff throughout your life, that should not stop who you are and what you represent to yourself and what you represent to creation. So I use this as a model. And to go through that, you know, in the beginning, we talked about faith being empty. We talked about trust being empty. We talked about love being empty, not a product of your design. And then grow, learn, and teach. This is just something that you just do, whether it's with your family or you are a teacher, you become a teacher. To me, that's what creation is about. It's all of these things are there to teach you something, not cry about like a baby and be spoiled because things don't go your way. Because then you're not getting it and you designed it. You're just like, oh, oh, why isn't life working the way I want it to work? Why isn't this happening? Why is it always happening to me? Shut up. Shut yourself up and listen to what the hell you're saying and what you're doing. Take some action. Stand up. Become the captain of your vessel. Face adversity. Deal with your emotional content. Recognize that you're a wuss and that you need to wake up and say, you're your own wuss, your own wuss. I'm not saying compare it to anybody else. Compare it to yourself. You need to take some kind of stop crying about it and do something about it. Or don't get stuck. I got a credit card debt. I don't want to do so. I'm going to shoot myself in the head because I can't take care. What are you doing? Oh, I can't finish this project because of this or because I'm emotionally unstable. Or I don't. Stop it. What, what is that? You know, it's your wants. It's your need. You don't accomplish anything that way. And you're not the captain of your vessel. You're just complaining. You're just a baby. And we all are. I'm not saying that I am not. Understand what I'm saying here. I'm not above it. I just that I recognize it and I do take action. And I go to my home base. And I see that my home base is like, 
whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Put on the brakes here. I still have me. And I have the ability to take action. All right? I have the appreciation of drinking a glass of water. Uh, I have, and all these other things. I really like the people I hang with, you know, like the people that are my friends. I, I like the idea of challenge and, and environment and change. I like these things. I respect them, but I forget that they're there. And therefore, these things come into play. Oh, wait a minute. Movement. I need to have movement. I need to recognize the simplicity of who and what I am. I need to appreciate being before anything else and what I truly need. I don't need to be disappointed because things don't go my way. I've been working for 40 years. Nights. As you know, now I'm working as a baker. I work all the holidays. I work nights. I work six days a week. Nothing has stopped me from being who I am. That is just a means of, oh, I want to go out and do things. I need to have things and this, that, and the other things. It's a means of maintaining. Yeah, it'd be a lot easier if suddenly I just had $100 billion and I don't have to work. Maybe. I don't know. I've never been there. I like to maybe fantasize about it, well, what I would do. But when I really fantasize about it, like, wow, that's a big headache. I'm not used to that. Well, how would I invest? How would I hold my money? Whoa, I'm not even there and I'm thinking about it. Stop! Where am I? Right here, right now. I'm here and I like being here. Where I'm at. When I recognize that, I really enjoy the company. I really enjoy my downtime. And I do something with it. So, this is a model for me. And anybody here, you may have models or you may have to work on designing the words that have power to you and whatever they may be. You could use my model, you could change it, but it does and it can only exist with the idea of you cannot design your trust. You cannot design your faith or design your love. It can't be something that fits neatly in your box or in your beliefs box or in what you think God is or creation is. You've already lost it. It has to become empty if you truly have faith. It has to have motion. It has to have movement. Not designed by who or somebody else. Then you could design a model. And maybe stop crying all the time and really do something. And all these podcasts and all these things that we have that people may be inspired by and listen to or other people may get upset with, well, at least I'm getting a reaction. And that's the whole point of it. But if you want to hold it, if you want to do something, then you need to have, when you feel yourself being strangled, you need a place to go. You need to recognize how important you are to you. Not how important you are to the have-to-dos and the have-to-bes or how important you are to everyone else because you have to do this to take care of your family, this, that, and the other thing, all the stuff. I have to go to work so I can buy my car, so I can pay the bills. None of that's important without you. You don't have problems if you didn't exist. And they are all part of the motion and movement that you are. But we cry like babies because, oh, I don't feel like doing the dishes. Or I don't feel like doing this. Or I can't do this. I have to get this out of my way. You know, what are you doing? That's not a warrior. That's nothing. That's just a victim of society. If I had this, or if I had his money, or if I had her money, or if I was in this position. No, 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 no. 
where you are is wonderful. It's to need to be appreciated. Pour yourself a glass of water. Don't drink or eat something for three days and see how you feel. You know? Recognize the moment that you're in. And these are the models I work from. When I'm driving to work. Man, the hardest thing for me for work after 40 years is getting in the car and driving there. And then, you know, oh, here I am. And then working nights, I have to get up. It's always ahead of you. It's always there. Like, you guys get to go. You sleep during the day. You go, you know, you work during the day. You come home and you sleep at night. For 40 years, I've been working these hours. I don't know why. It's just the way the matrix is. And I just go that way. You know, the hardest part is then I start thinking about, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm me. I recognize who I am. And I'm able to take action. So these are the first things, you know. I have movement. You know, I recognize the simplicity of just being, and I can do, and love, well, you know, that's the, I guess, the omega of everything, you know, but it can't be designed. It's just something that is, that is present, that is there, you know. I mean, you can love a stranger, you see a kid run in front of a car, you'll sacrifice your life to run and throw that kid away from the car. You don't even know them, and you'll just, because it's a kid and they're innocent, and you'll, you know, you'll slam on the brakes when there's an 18-wheeler behind you to stop hitting a squirrel. You know, like, people do stuff, you know, and who knows what that means. You just have reaction. You just don't want to kill something or you want to save something or you want to give. You see a person that's suffering, you want to help them if you can, if you had the ability to help. When people say, oh, if I had money, I'd do that. Bull, bull. You know, you wouldn't, if you had money, you probably wouldn't even recognize it. You'd just walk by it like it doesn't even exist. It depends on where and who you are at the time. So these are models that I work from. You know, you recognize the idea of being. There's a there's a show uh, that I'll, I'll and I'll end it with this. You know, as far as being uh, and recognize the simplicity of life. Uh, there's a show called The Road. I don't know if anybody's ever seen this road, but whenever my students ask me about, oh yeah, well if I was gonna survive, I would do this, I would do that. Hey, this is a show, there's a great show, the psychology of the show is great. It's called The Road, watch it. But, before you watch it, I don't want you to eat anything for three days. Then watch The Road. Well, what do you mean? Well, if you could not eat for three days, I'll tell you what, we'll do like a little fast. You drink water and you eat grapes for three days. You're going to get tired of grapes, but grapes are great antioxidants. They're great for killing cancer cells. It's great. If you're going to not eat, just eat one thing. Eat grapes. Eat grapes and drink water. Eventually, you're going to get tired of the grapes, and probably by the third day, you ain't going to even eat grapes anymore. You don't even want to see a grape, and your stomach's going to be so strong. You're not even going to be hungry anymore for that, but you're going to be thinking funny stuff, and you're going to get these terrible headaches, and you got to get, because oh, all the toxins now, you're eating, your body's eating all the toxins in your body. It's eating, it's eating all these germs and these things that are laying around. It's cleaning up in there, and you're getting really sick. And you start having these dark thoughts, you know. And all of a sudden, you realize, man, a lot of my stuff's connected to what I eat. A lot of my stuff is connected to drinking and stuff. And you get ornery, and you get you know, maybe even suicidal. Then watch that show and tell me that you won't do what the people are doing in that show. Or that in that position. Or at least maybe now you've got a different feel for what it means to not have food or water. Very few students were able to do that.
Most of them ate, you know, went to McDonald's and did what they had to do before they watched the show. But you watch that show after three days of not eating. And then you tell me how you feel, what kind of person you are, you know, when you don't have any food in your belly and you've just been eating grapes, you know. It's a whole different ball game. Then you start to appreciate. Then all this stuff comes in. Wait a minute. About being. About recognizing the simple things in life. Like, wow, I could drink some water. I could eat this piece of cheese. We do it without even thinking about it. We just take it for granted. You know? We don't... Nothing tests us. Nothing brings us into it. And then we cry like babies when things don't go our way. We cannot take action. We can't follow through with anything we want to do. Everything gets in the way. So what I'm telling everybody here, including the two guys that are sitting in here, start forming some power words for yourself. You can use my model to begin with, but then you could change it, which I'm sure Ben's going to have something to say on that, you know, about changing it, you know, but you've got to find it. So this is a model that I'm using for everyone at first, one that works for me and brings me back. And it's a good model. You can use it. You can evolve it any way you want. But you need to have some words to yourself that have power. Because words have power. You know? Internal words. And then as we advance these discussions, we'll talk about soulful connection. How to listen to yourself. We'll talk about what a soulful connection is. And I use soulful connection for lack of a better word. We all need to explain it with something. But it all comes from the emptiness of the void of self. And we'll talk about that as these podcasts advance into different uh, venues and areas throughout the time or the lifetime that I'm here to keep these podcasts going. So, I don't know, Ben, would you... You had something you were saying before about the Buddha. Well, there's, there's just so many different avenues I can take the conversation in, but I'm not going to... Walked down many of them. If you want to talk about the, the Buddha, it's just a short little story where he was talking about taking action. And a young guy comes up to him and he asks the question. And he was talking about getting as much information as possible before making a decision. And so the Buddha kind of challenged him and he goes, all right, if you get shot in the arm with an arrow, and you got to forgive me, I'm not remembering the story perfectly, I'm paraphrasing, but if you get shot in the arm with an arrow... Do you first question whether it was a, a friend or an enemy that fired it? Do you wonder what kind of wood the arrow was made from? Do you do you know what kind of do you figure out what kind of feathers were used for the fletching? Do you figure out what kind of bow it was fired from? Or do you take the arrow out of your arm and, and bandage it up? And the kid's kinda like, Well, I guess I take the arrow out. And he's like, Right. You get as much information as you can, but when it's time to take when it's time to act, you act. And that's... And take action, right? Remember the time when we, we took that uh, course, the CPR course? Yeah. And I took it, we took, Ben and I had to take the CPR course to teach for this company. And, uh, um, you know, I had to jump through all these hoops, and one of this was a CPR course that we had to take. And, um, you know, since then, I've been studying a lot about first aid and what to do. I even carry uh, surgical gloves on me in case somebody is bleeding and stuff, and I need to take some action. So... I, um, uh, there was this uh, incident that happened, uh, and I just saw, I watched some YouTube videos on, um, you know, of a baby stops breathing, mm. thinking, ah, it's never going to happen to me. And it happened to me. It was horrible. You know, this mother comes running to me, screaming hysterically, and throws this 
lifeless lump and a, a baby in, in my arm just throws it at me. And, you know, it, it was lifeless and it was heavy and it was like a sandbag. And I'm looking at the, this, this little girl and there's foam coming out of, the, out of the mouth and the eyes are rolled up in his head. So I automatically assumed that the baby had a seizure and that it's dead. You know, like it had a brain aneurysm or something happened. I already assumed it was dead. But I had to go through the process of what I thought was the right process. So I put the baby down. And it's what uh, was only like nine months old. And um, I um, started doing CPR on it. Nothing was, no response. And, uh, and breathing, you know, uh, breathing what I saw on the YouTube. And all this stuff was happening. There was still no response. And... Um, I ended up uh, taking my two fingers and I put it behind the baby's back and I lifted up its back it's by its spine, its lower spine and its butt. And I said, well, you know, you have to be careful when you breathe into a child's lungs that young because if you breathe a human breath, you know, man's breath, you, you, you explode the lungs. Right. So it had to be puffed. So I breathed just a little bit heavier. I puffed a little bit heavier with that. And all of a sudden I looked down and the baby's eyes, I saw the blue eyes looking at me. And it was saying, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and then I, after that, I felt all this stuff in my mouth, you know? And I learned baby puke isn't so bad, you know? Now, what happened was, all these things I did wrong. I did everything wrong, basically. And one was like, the mother screaming hysterically. She couldn't even dial 911. She couldn't dial 911. Dial 911. And... I'm trying to get the kid dial 911. Maybe they could guide me through this. She couldn't even dial it. It was amazing, just hysterical. And um, and then uh, after everything was done, I tasted this stuff in my mouth, and it was uh, it was breast milk. And what actually happened was when I what I should have tried to communicate with the foam in the mouth was actually breast milk coming up. It wasn't it wasn't saliva, huh. and. Um, when she was breastfeeding, and she fed the baby just before with these peas, and it got cross-fired. So as the baby, I guess, regurgitated it up, and the breast milk was going down, it got caught in the throat. So the baby wasn't having a seizure or anything. It was just something locked, locked in the throat. The procedure I took was totally wrong. I think what happened was is when I stuck my fingers instinctively under its back, I opened up the pathway enough that I was able to push that through, and then it threw up in my mouth. Mm -hmm. Right? But the amazing thing that... The, when we took the class, right? Yeah. I said, and I said, I did everything wrong. He said, Lawrence, the one thing you did right to save that baby's life, you saved that baby's life because you took action. It may have not been the right action. It may have not been trained action. You may have done certain things wrong. Now you have experience and you know what to do. But that baby's alive today because you decided to take action. There's the arrow in the arm, you know? Sometimes you just have to see it and you just have to take action, you know? And then you have movement and all of that stuff, do, be, has to come through, you know? So what the Buddha is saying is very true, or the Buddhist teacher. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if it was actually Siddhartha or... But to take action, that's a big part of it, but also... You need all of that model, though, Ben. You need that model. It's not just say, I'm going to take action. No, no, no. Because if it's empty action, then you're just doing it because 
your heart's not in it. That's what I say. Right. Hey, you want to learn how to fight? Is your heart really into fighting? Like, like knowing, well, learning how to protect yourself and learning kung fu and doing those things is one thing. But getting into a ring with another warrior for whatever reason he's in that ring and wants to pound your brains out because yeah. he wants to be the next champion, are you able to stand in front of that guy? You know, oh, in your fantasies, you're a hero. All right, so let's take it out of the fantasy realm. I want you to go home and practice this one drill that I'm going to give you. And then on top of that, I want you to join a boxing club. Not come to my school because I ain't ready to teach you because you don't have what it takes. you got to show me you have what it takes. Go to a boxing school, learn a boxing gym, join the gym, and get in there and learn to box. You know, against good boxers or good whatever. And go with that smell and all that stuff and the nasty and rotten attitudes and some of the good attitudes and the mixed and all the people like, man, that dude looks awful dangerous. I hope I don't get in a ring with him. Get in the ring with those guys. And when they start punching you in the head and you get done, you say, oh, man, okay, I'm ready for this. You get knocked down to the mat because you're not that good yet and you still want to, I want to train to get good so I could stand in front of that guy. Then you got something. Okay, so nine out of ten people that are sent into that are going to not do it ever again. One person will. Those are the people that are the champions. Those are the people that have the good teachers. That's when the teacher's willing to put the time and energy into a student and say, okay, you have the potential of doing it. Now, what the teacher may be doing it for, maybe, oh, I just got to promote my gym or do that. I think that's wrong. A teacher should be doing it because the individual wants to do it. They want to drive, but then know why they want to do it. Why do you want to do it? You know, is it through ego? Is it through this? We all have these fantasies. So once you get punched in the head, there you go. And life is constantly punching us in the head. We're constantly getting knocked down. And we all start out with grand design. Yeah, I got home. I'm ready to go. And as soon as something glitches and goes wrong, you're out of the game. You can't do it. You can't follow through. And to me, that's the great thing about Kung Fu or any art. Because if you're able to at least do that, you may not be good at other things yet, but you will be. <laughs> you know, you will get there because it gives you character. It gives you personality. It starts bringing things up. So if you're able to do something like that, then it insidiously starts to invade in other venues of your life. If there's some type of direction. And that's why I use this model. Talking about this model, I don't want to go into it now, but I want to set up kind of what we're going to talk about next week. And the model you're really going from more of the way, you're, you're, like I said, we don't have enough time to go into it, but I want to talk about internal combat. Mm. Because everyone in this room is at war with their genetics, their chemistry, just our own minds. So, and I'll... You know, to make it a little bit more abstract when you're talking about being strangled. You know, just the conversation we had with uh, with our buddy the other day. Just like, oh, I've got some time this weekend. I can train. I can work. I can work on my investments. No, your cousin called your mom. We have to go to a family event. What? <laughs> That's, you're getting punched from all these different angles. And if you choose your words... The, those power words for you, make sure they have an internal resonance. Make sure they resonate with you. But you also have to recognize that, you know, getting fired from your job 
or getting physically attacked aren't the only beatings you're taking. It's all the little all the little beatings you're taking over the day that really distract you, really take you out of the fight. Well, that comes into something simple when we can bring it into it. But if you want to set it up for the next one, it's very simple. If you, we're all warriors. Everyone's a warrior. Everyone's a survivalist. We're all surviving. You survive to protect your family. You survive for yourself. You survive for something. We're all survivalists. Every one of us. There's no way of escaping it. If you just work and you're going to work, you're working because you want to survive in a world that is kind of harsh and cruel. If you don't, then you end up on the street or you're catering or getting the charity of others that help you get through things. But if you're out there as a warrior surviving, and all of those things go, so the model really does work. But as a warrior, you also have to recognize your ground, the ground that you're standing on, what you are doing combat in, and what you've decided to, that's the captain of your ship. So it's called strategy. It's called strategic strategy, recognizing what you have to do, and flexible to be able to move, to be able to see that you need to change. So basically, the captain of the ship is like the general on the hill that is looking down at the battle, and he's fighting this battle, and he sees another front moving in, or he sees this happening, or this happening. He also has to know his adversary's book. If that general has written a book, then read it. You need info, you need information, you need things. Yeah, little things are going to get in your way. You need to also recognize what you need to do about it. You need to be flexible, adaptable, and be able to move in a different direction when you need to. You need strategy. And that has to deal with personal logic. It has to deal with where you are as an individual and your intelligence and what you know, how you use it, and also maybe enlisting other people's help conversation of a situation or a problem that you may be having, whether it be you have a good friend that you need to talk to or somebody, and somebody that's just like give you answers you already know, you know, like, oh yeah, it's terrible that this is happening to you or this that, and the other thing, you know, sometimes you can enlist somebody that you respect as help to, to, to give you the advice that you may need or or uh, look, uh, read, or, or gather information. But it's strategy, Ben. You know, a warrior has to exist on certain strategy. If there's a goal that comes with it, and things are constantly blocking you from doing that, then you need to find time to do it. Let's say family's in the way, this is in the way, that's sort the of way. And this is this great commercial <laughs> uh, that I saw about. I don't know what it's about, but the commercial is, oh, I got this room in here to write this novel that I always wanted to write. And then all these years go by, and now now finally you can get to write that novel. You know, the room is, because now his kids are all grown up. Yeah, it turns into a nursery. It, it, it turns into something it's else. It's just a great commercial. It's kind of like life is. And that's true if you let it happen. But if you want to write that novel, you need to strategize a way to write that novel with all of those things that are happening in your life. Well, here's, here's the thing, like, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I'm just talking about the recognition of the fact that, first of all, everyone is a warrior in the first place, and that they're in combat. Yeah. And I, I think that goes over a lot of heads. 
Yeah. Most people are like, no, yeah, no, no, I'm, right. not, I'm not in combat. I'm just, oh, no, I just have a situation. But like, that's that's it. That situation. And everything that goes into that situation is part of the battle. Right. These are all things you have to do. That sword has to go, oh, no, no, it's okay. My, my kid's just having a thing. Don't write it off. Address it. Attack it. That's strategy. Not literally. That's right. That's the movement. But you well, some to, things you do have to attack. But, but you have to first realize there's something to attack, that That's you're right. able to attack it, that you have tools, whatever they are, wherever you are. Well, that's the whole idea why we're doing it, what we do, what we do, you know, to give people tools to actually be able to, um, to use them yeah. and to know how to use those tools. A lot of tools are in the box. We don't know how to use them. And then there's new tools that we don't even recognize what they are that we need to know how to use. And that's all through the experience in life. But, yeah, you're right, Ben. You know, that's the whole idea of the model. That's where you start from, so you don't stop moving. No, they've got to recognize that they're there, they're in combat. And then you need whatever, to take action. Whichever type of combat it is. Right. And the ability to take action. And that's where you need to bring all those other things into play. That's why I use a model because it gives you something. Whoa. It helps you recognize that, oh, look what's happening in my life. So you can accomplish things and yep. do things. And sometimes you got to accomplish things in layers. Like Kenny and I, we want, I got this car, you know, and Kenny <laughs> keeps saying to me, we got to fix this car up and we got to work on this car. And that's a layer. Okay, we need to find time to actually do that. So right now we're going through the process of moving and doing that. And we have more time together. We could take, you know, let's work on the car every, you know, Thursday for a couple of hours and slowly get it to where we want to go, you know? And that's taking on a project. But to fulfill that project, you have to have the ability to take action as well, you know? But the first thing, you must have your own, your own center. I don't mean find your center, because that's something that you're looking for all your life. You may be right. close to it, but you must have your own center. You must have that empty faith, that empty trust, that empty love, in yourself you know it must have constant motion and movement and and the ability to take action and not let things get in the way which is that what I was talking about also earlier how to listen to your internal self okay. and how not to become enemies with it how always have constant combat with yourself your emotions and things that are going how do you deal with that and that could be um, probably our next uh, conversation or, or leading into I, I think I, I would like to next time we do a podcast to kind of address that more make it more of a response to this to the one we just did and yeah. what you just did and yeah and you guys of, could talk about that and then how you come up with things you know give you something to think about over the week well there's a lot of different as I said there's a lot of different avenues that you brought a lot up. of different strategies too yeah on what you need to apply with yourself. Some of them work at one time, and another time they don't work. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's like tons of topics that came out of what you were talking about yeah. before, as, as far as the strategies and the... Well, as far as strategy goes, and the model is just to give you somewhere to go, and then you start thinking about what you have to do. Right. You should never have a favorite sword. If you have a favorite sword, you lose that sword, then you can't use something else. Right. The real strategy of combat, to me, or weapons, is to be able to take the weapon from somebody else and use it against them. To take what's coming at you and to use it against you. Because most people aren't carrying uh, civilians. 
We're not carrying weapons around with us. Right. You know, we need to know how to take it away if somebody pulls a knife at you or how to, how to move even, it. Even if it's in a conversation. Even if it's in a conversation. But that's that's where that empty faith becomes so important. There you go. So you're talking about it. Just, just I won't recap this next time, but as far as the empty faith goes, it has to be <laughs> without expectation. So if you love yourself, if you respect yourself because you're, let's say, a chess master, if you lose a game of chess to someone who you feel is inferior to you in the numbers or in play style, then it directly affects your view of yourself. That's, that's, not, that's not it. The empty faith, it, it's empty of those expectations. You accept yourself for whatever you are, wherever you are, and it has to come from that. They're like, okay, so I'm pretty confident in the way I speak, and see if we okay, you outspeak me. So I'm like, oh, shit, all right, so I'm being outdebated. But that shouldn't destroy my view of myself. It just has to, it should adjust my strategy of how I may Strategy is an important part of a warrior. If, you're a warrior. if we're all internal warriors, everybody yeah. is, as you say. We're all fighting some form of combat. It's how you relate to that okay. and the many voices within you. So I, I think we could end up talking about the many voices. And that's where we should try, if we could remember, you know, to come back to the many voices, which will help with okay. strategies and dealing with what I'm talking about. But today, just discussing the model and where we're coming from. Hopefully, you guys gained something from it. And we'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Sifu and I just wanted to let you know that the website is up. It's systemswithinsystems.com. That's all one word. If you're in the central New Jersey area and looking to train, you can email us at sws.kungfu at gmail for private or small group lessons. Or you can just come down to the school on Monday nights from 630 to 9. If you're looking for a phone consultation with Sifu, you can reach us at the same email, sws.kungfu at gmail. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Take care.